Welcome back to Now, the podcast celebrating a variously compiled world of pop. In each episode, a variety of fabulous guests and I explore favourite compilation albums, as well as considering how these collections shaped pop culture and now fondly stand as time captures for our own musical and life milestones. I hope that you will enjoy the pop memories in this episode. Please follow the show through your favourite podcast provider and join in with me, Ian, on the Pop Rambler Twitter, Facebook and Instagram pages. Best of greetings and welcome to what all the pop kids are rightly calling the second annual Back to Now review for 2022. Can it really be a whole 12 months since we last pulled up a cosy chair, poured ourselves a large creme de menthe and ruminated on the variously compiled world of pop? Well, yes indeed. And so much has happened since. We don't talk about politics here, no, no, no. It's all about the music. And whilst 2022 saw some genuinely big passings, we also saw some spectacular pop moments. Harry, Styles, not, not the other one, and Kate, Bush, not the other one, ruled the charts over the spring. LF System begged the question, where we afraid to feel for the whole summer? And well, the autumn and quite probably the winter belongs to Taylor and her many clock face guises. But whilst volume 111 through to 13 expertly guided us through the official singles charts, the story of now again has been much, much more. Electronic, punk, 80s dance, 90s dance, Pride, compilation fans, you've never had it so good. And of course, let's bow in reverence for the ongoing, blistering success story that is the now yearbooks. Feel the quality indeed. With so much to explore, we implore you to put down the decorations, chase away the carol singers, and enjoy a romp through the pop wonderland of 2022 with our three very wise special guests. Sounds of the 80s producer and chairperson for the Get All Madonna remixes on Spotify Now campaign, Johnny California. Hi. (laughs) All of the above is correct. (laughs) <laughs> Pop journalist and chairperson for the Human League Are For Life Not Just Christmas campaign It is Ian Wade Hello <laughs> And the man who can either be found lunching with propaganda Sipping cocktails with Brian Ferry Or entertaining the masses on a Saturday afternoon at the all new Ducky Mark Woods Hi darlings <laughs> It is lovely to have you here now. We are now officially a tradition, you know that don't you? We are, it's nice to see all your faces on Zoom Stop undressing me with your eyes been quite a year so let's start first of all about some highlights johnny what's been a highlight for this year for you we've had quite i've had quite a good year actually professionally i've been all right i'm quite happy sauntering into the last few weeks of 2022 80s doing very well we've moved to saturdays and saturdays have embraced us and we've embraced saturdays top listening figures very happy with those I do, I do love how you're wonderfully uh, underplaying the fact that Sounds of the 80s is one of the biggest shows on Radio 2. Well, not really, <laughs> but maybe it is. But I couldn't possibly comment. But it's doing all right. Everyone seems to be happy. Fabulous news. And we know there's a lot of love for Sounds of the 80s. Uh, Ian, it's been a successful year. Again, for you, how are things going? Uh, yeah, no, it's been not been too bad. Reflecting on it earlier, I was kind of thinking of what I have done. I had to make a list, in fact. Yeah, still writing classic pop in the record collector collections and the OMH column. Uh, Started doing some bits for Metro. Started off the year at the charts, covering people there. Just odd bits and like the quietest and things. And it's been kind of non-stop. I mean, other highlights was, I'd say, ABBA. 
which was amazing going to the press night of that, although I was in tears for half of it. DJing at Ducky, which was a bit of a, a moment. And Bloody uh, good. It was amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I've just kept on, kept keeping on. I've sort of taken a leaf out of Mark's book of just saying yes to everything and just get, you know, virtually every hour is either kind of day job or, you know, writing and bits and pieces and kind of just trying to fit it all in, yep. which, uh, yeah, one minute I'm sort of writing about Neil Young, the next minute it's Debbie Gibson, and the next minute it's New Order and Decius and all these sort of things. But I just love it. I, I just like being enthusiastic and kind of uh, going, hey, buy this record. Do you know what I mean? So that's uh, what we love. That's what we love. I actually spent a whole month avoiding reading classic pop because you did a review of the ABBA Voyage show <laughs> and I had I, and my ticket was waiting and I thought I can't read this article <laughs> and also as well um, I think worth noting as well how you're obviously keeping social media always right of the releases you keep us right on a day-to-day basis <laughs> yes you do it, it's become a little routine where I sort of just uh, flick through the charts and kind of stuff like like once a week and think oh well that would make a nice grid or oh gosh that's coming out you know well, it's 25 years since that and all this sort of thing it's nice because it's sort of quite weird, especially when on something like Twitter, when I put them up individually, which which particular day, which song kind of gets the most traction, not the obvious one where you think, oh, everyone loves this. It's kind of um, bizarre ones, you know, but... Um, yeah, I, I know. It's a bit pedantic and stuff, but I still enjoy doing oh, it. Oh, no, we and love it. And uh, Mark, 2022... Yeah, I've worked on some fun stuff, actually. I did the ex-propaganda studio record earlier in the year, in May. That came out. That was a pleasure and a privilege, working with Claudia and Suzanne and Stephen Lipson and the gang. It was a very kind of interesting and a brilliant, brilliant album. So very sort of satisfying. Uh, been involved with the Human League final box set, which is very nice. And the, we've got a beautiful Dynaros double vinyl greatest hits first time with a really nice high you know high-end uh vinyl greatest hits for diana coming out very soon i'd agree with wadey i think abba voyage is pretty much an unbeatable night out i love the pet shop boys at glastonbury uh roxy music in manchester the other week was amazing i sort of worked on roxy music this year and putting out all of their studio albums on vinyl and for the first time ever the best of Roxy Music, which is really good fun. Uh, we've just announced a goth box set that I'm doing about the Batcave nightclub, which kind of pretty much started a global youth cult, actually. So we've just announced that with um, the original gang who set up the Batcave nightclub. I'm very excited about that. And t- tinged with sadness, but Sarah Harding's sort of charity ball the other day for with, was amazing, just sort of being sort of in the same room as Girls Aloud. You know, it, it was pretty kind of amazing how how starstruck I was by being sort of near Cheryl and, you know, Kimberly mm. and Nicola and stuff. Again, you know, all over again, they've, they've still got that star quality. Yeah, it's been it's been a fantastic year. Here's to, here's to next year. Mark, you must know, you must have known about this Everything But The Girl return. Uh, well, do you know Surely, what? surely. No. I did not. I took Tracy out for her birthday. She said, I can't tell you. I can't tell you. She wouldn't even tell me who would kill her if she told me. And it, obviously it would have been Ben. <laughs> but now we know. But yeah, it's it's something that was really closely guarded um, and obviously extremely welcome news. But yeah, I was, I was out with her for her birthday and we went to see Justin Vivian Bond 
over at Wilton's Music Hall, and she didn't, not a peep, not a peep. I'd got a message from Tracy. When Ducky was back at the RVT and she said, oh, I'm going down, me, Tracy and Nick were all sort of dancing and all these people kind of looking at us and they were looking at Tracy, obviously. Apparently Nick is convinced that he sort of said, oh, any danger of everything but the girl album? And she sort of just looked at him a bit strange and I thought, well, and so now he's kind of convinced he's got them back together or whatever. Right, right. I see. So everyone's taking taking responsibility for the everything but the girl reunion here. Well, the outpouring of love and the likes and the retweets. Oh yeah, I'm intrigued to know what they're going to sound like, Mm. and I'm intrigued to see whether this might involve some gigs as well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I, you know, the thing about Tracy and Ben is that they both got such impeccable taste. I just love talking to Tracy about new records, you know, because she's she's really into new stuff. And we know that, that that's kind of where Ben's head is, uh, is as well. So I imagine, you know, it will be different and it will be new. Mm. Um, but of course, it will sound like everything but the girl. There's also a haircut 100 are doing a gig next year because there's a 40th anniversary Pelican West box set coming out. Johnny, well, which... take note of this, Johnny. Uh, yeah, no, 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 no. He's writing this down. Because <laughs> Daryl Easley's done new interviews with all the band and there's like four discs of it and stuff. Mm. He's writing it down. Yes, he is. <laughs> He's just writing note to self, haircut 100 special with Gary Davis. <laughs> I've written haircut down, which will confuse me in a couple of days. I mean, just on that point though, about the 40 years, next year's 83. That's going yeah. to bring an awful lot of good potential anniversary shows in inverted commas. I'll be quite yeah, happy right. to celebrate Dazzle Ships all over again. And, and uh, Oh, God, so do I. It's one of yeah. them. You know, there's a classic 1983 special coming out where um, they said, suggest some ideas. And I was like, Dazzle Ships, You and Me Both, The Luxury Gap, Beauty Stab, I'll be up for writing about that. And as Mark will know, I've ended up being commissioned the fucking police. Which <laughs> 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 is like, no Don't one else has synchronicity. It's well, I mean, album. to be honest, I went into it thinking, ugh. And then by the end of it, I was like, well, actually, they just didn't like each other. And yeah. You know, it was kind of fa- fairly like a marriage of convenience just to have an album for the tour. And I don't hate the police per se. I think it was just, I was just a bit kind of like, <laughs> how dare you give me this? 83 is just massive, massive singles, isn't it? It's like, it's, it's let's dance year, and actually. Yeah. true and every breath you take and yeah. uptown go. I mean, it's just, I just, karma comedian, I just think about massive, massive number one singles, Billie Jean, you know, mm-hmm. it, albums wise. Yeah. I mean, albums wise, it's a bit more quirky and interesting. Yeah. And also I think because a lot of these acts, like especially OMD and things probably just thought an ABC to an extent, probably just thought, oh, well, we'll just be interesting rather than kind of, mm-hmm. cha- you know, Lexicon of Love was kind of a massive pop accident, uh, album by accident, if anything, yeah. you know. It was very slick and very amazing, and I've been reading the Trevor Horn book about it, which um, doesn't really go too in-depth, but, you know, they they definitely wanted to kind of go big on it, but I don't think they quite expected it to be as big as it was. But, I mean, there's also things like Duck Rock and also the 40th anniversary of Now as well next year. Well, I was going to say, it's the year you go from Raiders of the Pop Charts at at the beginning of the year, and you end the end the year with Now One. Exactly. So let's see if we get any celebration next year folks let's see i just just while you're chatting there i'd love to see uh sounds of the 80s master mix of dazzle 
clips just if you don't if you really oh, okay right yeah. i'll write that down as well all i've got so far is hello it's polly the pr to all the stars here happy christmas to all you arbiters of taste who listen to the back to now podcast have a bloody good one and let's not have lad baby as the christmas number one again please New music highlights of 2022. What what kind of rocked your boat this year? Anything particular? Dry cleaning. Um, Dot Allison. Did you dig that single she did with Lee Perry? Last thing that Lee Perry did, I think, yeah. before he died. Love died in our arms. I think that's my favourite single of the year. Loved the Beyonce record. Played that a lot in Spain in the summertime. But yeah, there's been some interesting stuff. I mean, no, I mean, I did like the Sam Smith track, you know, Unholy. I was pleased to see that got to number one. I was kind of uh, an early adopter of that one. I thought it was a, a good uh, kinky pop singer, a bit like um, Bad Romance or something. We haven't had one mm-hmm. of them for a while. I bought, you know, sort of a lot of tracks this year. Fewer albums have kind of taken my time. It's not been a standout year, but it's not been a shit year. How about that? I've got my, because uh, I've been sort of making an end-of-year list of albums. Decius is my favourite album of the year. Uh, the Gabriel's sort of mini album's amazing. Yeah. Uh, the Charlotte Aditchery, Wallace Poople is amazing. Oh, God, yeah, love them. Ha-ha. Yard Act, which seems like it yes. came out 100 years ago, but it came out like right at the beginning. Um, I'm liking the Daniel Avery. Uh, Working mm-hmm. Men's Club was amazing. The Electribe uh, reissued new yes. albums. Yes, Billy um, Ray. I had lunch with her on my birthday in Berlin this year. Talk about name dropping. He does name drop, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> um, there was restaurant. also Soft Cell and Tears for Fears. There was yeah, for, yeah, for the Pet Shop Boys. That was a good E. I'm going to say again, ex propaganda. Self esteem is that? That's self esteem. Yeah. That was last year, but she's kind of happened a bit more this year. Yeah, I'm kind of. I'm not sure when I got into her. And like, yeah, weird singles of things like uh, Bell and Sebastian and stuff. Yeah. Kind yeah. of random things like that. Yeah. Um, but my favourite single is uh, Forget Me Not by Say She She. Um, yeah, that's a good single. What about, I tell you what I what we do like playing at Ducky is the ranking Roger Rock the Casbah thing that came out. Oh, yeah. 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 That was brilliant. at the end of another year i suppose overall how how has now performed do we think this year what would be its end of term report for now that's what i call music prolific i mean in just so incessant i think the word is incessant let's let's so we've got prolific incessant ian do you want to come in um it's been a powerhouse really looking over like what there's 32 releases you've got on this piece of paper What's interesting is like you've had the sort of occasional vinyl box sets and you've had the more specialist type things, but then you've also had the uh, ballads things and all Mm. this sort of stuff. It's kind of gone specialist and kind of gone into the deluxe market and the collector's thing still, but there are also... You know, like with the power ballads and the timeless songs and the... Yeah, I mean, that's right. That's what we said last year, though, wasn't it? It's almost like there are now three nows motoring. There's the mm. numbered nows, which is 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 current, you know, the current charts. Long may that reign. 
And then you've got stuff for us, you know, geeky stuff, you know, really well presented mm. uh, genre or year based stuff with all of the great fun, you know, sleeve notes and extras and everything. And then you've got the kind of, of like Mother's Day, Father's Day uh, stuff, you know, the the box set stuff like Power Ballads, which, by the way, I thought was a brilliant collection. Yeah, yeah I like the rock one. I really like yeah, the rock I did too. Well. Uh, you know, so it, they, you know, they now still do those really well. That's why we've got so much because there are three, I see them as quite distinct markets. Mm. I overlap with some of them. But I mean, talking about Powerhouse, Wadey, six nows coming out in just november alone in two weeks in november alone i I mean yeah it's been incredible also like the christmas one which i i thought that's absolutely incredible that's as perfect a christmas compilation as you can get and like that fourth disc of the december hits as well is perfect because it sort of encapsulates the whole did we talk about that last year well did did we say that that was one of the things we wanted because it's something that i I put my Christmas tree up every year and I used to play Christmas songs. I don't do that now. I do Christmas hits yeah. instead. Yeah. No, we did because... We oh, got- yes, I mentioned your ducky being amazing a few years ago when you just played December hits. Yeah, yeah I, I think hits. it's really... I think it's... I mean, it, it, I'm certainly not going to take credit for something that um, the now people have done... There are just pop songs, aren't there, that I associate with December. Love of the Common People, which is on the Christmas album, yes. being so Christmassy, more Christmassy than than a lot of the songs which are actually about Christmas. Yeah. What about Keeping the Dream Alive? Where did that did that land on that disc? Yeah, that's on there. Yeah. Yeah, that's on there. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. You're right. Yeah, Frog Chorus, of course. Yeah, E17, of course. People think E17 is a Christmas song anyway, don't they? Yeah, it's not. Yeah. It's a December song, and that fits that criteria. There's always going to be space for a Christmas album, and again, now are doing it really, really well. Mm. They're Christmas adjacent things like Winter Melody, where yeah, and we all stand together and all this sort of stuff that we're like, you know, top five the week of yeah. December, that Christmas. And obviously, don't you want me as the the best Christmas number one of all time? Um, <laughs> always on my mind. Yeah, apart from always on my mind, we had this up round last year. Yeah, I, I know, I know. Yeah, we did, we did. And we've just obviously been celebrating the 70th anniversary of the official singles chart as well do we know anybody that's done any good playlists for that ian oh yes <laughs> insert uh, uh, advert when... here for spotify lists yeah it is fascinating and um there's been like well as we stand 1404 uk number ones and i thought well 300's quite you know a good enough kind of number because right. i had planned to do a mixed cloud mix and i thought no i haven't got enough hours in my life to do that really because that would be a bit weird so i thought well people can skip through spotify bits and pieces i i wouldn't mind kind of like imagining some youngsters catching you know moldy old doe next to sort of i don't know bad romance or something and wondering what the fuck's this and all this sort of stuff i think it should be an ongoing mission of this podcast get mouldy old dough didn't we do mouldy old dough last christmas we did and and you went away and listened to it for the first time we did and actually 12 months later what's your what's your review of mouldy old dough johnny i'm gonna upset you both all three of you in fact i couldn't bear it it sounds a little (laughs) bit like even though i love monty python it sounds a little bit like the kind of thing monty python would do Moving on swiftly head. from Moldy Old Door. Leaves meeting. <laughs> it's like, literally, it's like, um, uh, have you watched Legion, the TV series? 
by any chance quite quite niche anyway it's like the kind of the kind of the bogeyman in that yeah, I think it did appear on at least one now this year, didn't it, Moldy Oldo? Was it on the 70s, 70s pop? 70s pop, yes. it on the cla- Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, so, and actually it was on Glam Pop last year. So the, amazing. the target for next year's now albums is to find another genre where we can fit in Moldy Oldo just to annoy Johnny a bit more. Yeah, so. Now that's what I call unbearable. How about that one? <laughs> Instrumentals. <laughs> actually, actually, I don't think it was on 70s pop. Was it not? Yeah. Oh, well, do you know what? 70s Pop 2, we could do that next year. Yeah, I just keep churning out the 70s Pop, please. There's loads of stuff to scare Johnny with to come. (laughs) And I'm really loving these reissues as well. 11 and 12 and 13, they've been ace. They have have been. I bought now 13 uh, in Fat Box from eBay early this year. And um, uh, and I I was on the fence whether it's actually going to come back out again or what facts might not have been licensed or what have you. But Mm. it reminds me of my first Christmas uh, R price in Ipswich. Um, When we do the quantifying of like, what had sold that week and i knew now it'd been popular but compared to all the other albums that were selling now was just like especially on cassette i think um yeah back then it was just shifting hundreds a week and also that cover just is amazing and the artwork and all, all the kind of that period of now artworks mm. are amazing but yeah just sort of seeing that and <clears throat> i know uh now 13 when it was dissected by pete uh, it was kind of actually, but you know, <laughs> inner city and erasure and the love for she makes my day and all this yeah, stuff. Yeah. It's like it's just magic, and Ooh, I like all the new nows as well because, again, you know, it, you you could think well, there's a condensed thirty-two tracker kind of more memorable thing here, but you know, you, you, the audience you're talking to isn't fifty-three-year-old men who collect records. It's kind <laughs> of people who have seen this on TikTok and all the young the young set and all this sort of stuff. But then there's also space for people like uh, that fantastic Yola, Dancing Away in Tears, mm. fantastic single that sounds a bit like um, Gladys Knight uh, over some Philly Soul and stuff yeah. like that. I think they hit the sort of peak of 50 tracks on one CD, which is kind of the most nows ever because songs are only about 90 seconds long these days. Yeah. So, yes. Hiya, it's Niall from Season 3 of Back to Now and Into the Bot Void. At this time of year, I like to campaign tirelessly on behalf of those festive songs that have never even been considered for inclusion on That's What I Call Christmas. This year's appeal seeks to highlight the amazingness of two absolute classics, both of which contain the word home in their title. First up, it's the Jingle Bell festooned huge orchestral 1986 number Come On Home by Everything But The Girl, who are, of course, back, back, back next year. Come On Home is heart-swellingly beautiful and contains what is perhaps my favourite seasonal lyric of all time. Every day's like Christmas Day without you. It's cold and there's nothing to do. That's the kind of miserabilism I like to snuggle up with. Now, this song was at something of a disadvantage in the Christmas charts because it was released in August. But for me, it does everything a proper Christmas record should do, which has made me sad in that secretly happy way. John Lewis licensed this song immediately. My second selection comes from Erasure's Crackers International EP, which soared to number two in the Christmas chart in 1988. The lead track, Stop, got all the airplay, but it's the final track, She Won't Be Home, that won my heart and has become my favourite Christmas track of all time. It's almost unbearably sad, but also a bit of a banger, and it has incredible Salvation Army Band-style horns on it, plus a lovely little noodly bit right at the end that makes you want to play it again straight away. 
I urge you to give both these tracks a listen and pop them on your Christmas playlists. Remember, pop stars aren't just for Christmas unless they're Mr Blobby or Michael Andrews featuring Gary Jules. Talking about um, which albums we loved, and before we get into the years, are we going to talk about the electronic, uh, the vinyl yeah. stuff? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's focus on electronic because there's been quite a big electronic focus this year. And I was looking back as well. It feels like a long time ago, but actually the beginning of the year saw the third 80s 12-inch remix yeah. album as well, which was which is oh, good. Good heavens, yes. But that and that I thought, wow, but yeah. But no, let let's talk, because there was in August a wonderful electronic vinyl box set, yeah, uh, so. which has now been exhibited on at least one of the windows. In, in the <laughs> office um, it's absolutely beautiful isn't it this is like precision tooled for us isn't it this stuff it's yeah. perfect I look at the uh, now socials and obviously there's a broad mix of people who follow now on online and you know there's going to be the kind of people like we say the different tribes whenever there's people like oh the same old tracks and you know Working the Midnight Shift by Donna Summer on this is... Oh, um, me, Vandalia. Exactly. This wasn't amateur hour at all, you know. Someone buying this stuff has probably bought a lot of these artists like Thompson Twins or Riff Mix albums back in the day and then just thought, oh, I loved all this stuff and I've got a new record player, I'll buy this, do you know what I mean? And this is sort of a really nice gateway as well. My favourite Japan track of all time as well, Taking Islands in Africa. And like That's Stepping good. Out by Joe Jackson, which yep, been inspired. Heard. Exactly. I can very, I can heartily recommend Joe Jackson's autobiography from a few years ago. My, my husband read it about 10 years ago and he left a post it on it. Read this, you'll like it. And I didn't read it for 10 years because when someone tells you to read something, it, I don't know about you, but it's the last thing I want to do, especially yeah. when there's a post it on there sort of shouting at you to do so. Anyway, I did. And, uh, you know, so, so interesting. I had no idea about his life, actually. He's so confident and intelligent. The book ends just as he releases the single that's going to make him successful. Yeah, he says, famous people's autobiographies are boring. It's like I went to this hotel, then we went to Montreal, and then we got a plane to Paris. He said, and then we, went, we did Top of the Pop. He said, who wants to read that? It's boring. So I'll stop now, kind of thing. Great. I bought the Elvis Costello one off like Amazon Marketplace, and that's brilliant as well. Once you kind of get to sort of actually read how he writes is just beautiful it's just amazing but i've got a little list on my amazon marketplace area of because the phil collins one i quite like to read it's just interesting people who've had interesting lives do you know what I mean? yeah. the best biography i listened to this year was um banana rama oh, yeah. that's brilliant. And, it's, that's brilliant and it's and it's read by Kern and sarah and it is just hilarious because they go completely off script frequently <laughs> And again, just such a heartwarming story. Um, yeah, I loved all that. I loved the thing about them, you know, like in when the teenagers dancing to Roxy, doing routines to Roxy music in their living rooms, you know, after yeah. school and everything. I loved all that. Yeah, Jarvis's yeah. is really good. I've yeah. just started that. Yeah, you can hear him kind of. You know, he'd be a good audio book, uh, Ian, if you if he's done it. Uh, I want to know what Johnny thought about electronic, though. Actually, he hasn't commented yet. Are you keeping tight lipped because you didn't like it, Johnny? I like electronic, and what but what I did notice was, uh, and, and what I, I remember about it is the Pet Shop Boys adjacent side, electronic, <laughs> Eighth Wonder, Dis Dusty Springfield, and Liza on it, and and so I've I know I kind of 
remembered that about three minutes ago when you guys started talking about biographies. Yeah, by New Order and Joe Jackson, yeah. Yeah, and I've been kind of scouring all the nows for a pet shop boy, and I found one pet shop boy on the nows, which was, now that's what I call Pride, which they had Go West on it. But I can't find another pet shop boy's on a now we haven't hit a pet shop boys year yet have we for the yearbooks yeah even though also can i just say can i just say that since our last christmas my eyesight has completely gone i've turned into the old man that needs glasses and i can't see can't read any of these without i, I can't i can't i have to kind of almost go like that on the screen just to read it alongside listening to it because i think my eyesight has gone from reading yes. um now track lists in the dark. True story. This is about 10 years ago. Friday, this, do they just go? To, Friday night I was up late reading quite quite easily. You know, we were listening to the Cocteau Twins uh, B-Sides uh, record. You know, the rarity, the old 4AD one. We were choosing tracks and, you know, uh, primitive painters and all that stuff flicking through it. Next night, came home from Ducky, like literally 24 hours later. Couldn't read it. Could never read it again. It happened in a day. I could not focus. I kept. I'd, I'd had a few drinks, but I had a few drinks on the Friday as well. Uh, and uh, you know, uh, when sober, could never read that CD again. That's how I knew I needed to go to Specsavers, and I did. What I would say, there are some colour backgrounds this year that have been harder to read than others. Oh my goodness, we really are hitting a high note here, aren't we, guys? <laughs> don't worry, listeners. We're going to come on to the hits in a second. But yeah, I you think can that's anyway. <laughs> an, impo- an important point about old men now all putting their glasses on to try and read the small. So. Here's the vinyl, those big, big, lovely 12-inch vinyl. vinyl. But you can read. More of those, please. Yeah, absolutely. No, but yeah, just back to the Pet Shop Boys. Notable by their absence, because there were a few albums this year. And we're not going to, you know, we're not going to spend the next bit of time talking about what's missing, because we did this last year. Mark had a brilliant phrase last year. What was it you said about don't let... There's something. Don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. I love that. I have used that so many times this year. Yeah, because I, I work in, you know, I work in this world as well and I know how it works. I would never because I, I can I can pretty I'm pretty much bet my house on the fact that anything that I can see that is missing, I don't think that the compilers of these yeah. excellent records would have missed. They've gone in for clearance, I think, and something will be holding them up because this happens to me with regularity because I also compile records and put things in for clearance. And there yeah. will be a reason. You know, it is a bit funny, Johnny, that Go West managed to sneak through mm. um, and nothing else has. Was there nothing on Massive 80s Party by Petra Boys? No, I think there's obviously a reason, and you can see it on that electronic vinyl. There is that. In fact, I think I think there's a run as well on the '80s 12-inch album where there's a kind of Pet Shop Boys adjacent oh, yeah. sequence as well. There's a very shirts aloft side. Hot weather days, yeah. <laughs> yeah, hot weather days. Hot weather days. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting that Madonna got a look in on this Pride CD as well. I thought that, yeah, I thought the Pride album was brilliant because it's such a tricky thing to do. And they they just thought, right, well, bollocks, let's go for it. And there was lots of sort of gay and gay adjacent people because uh, I I was thrilled that they gave the money to charity as well from Mm, Pride as well because it can be such an empty gesture once once everybody starts putting up rainbows in Pramonte and all this sort of shit. But I, I, my favourite now non-yearbook, I think, was the 70s 12s. 
the thing is with 12 you know yes 12 inches kind of came and happened in the, the 70s but a lot of when i was kind of making a 12 inch 70s playlist on um, spotify a lot of it was just album versions of disco stuff whereas mm. that whole era of things like pop music and sparks and all that sort of stuff and like the longer versions of her yeah. your rhythm stick and stuff like that it was just so inventive and so amazing to have all that together was just oh yeah. do you know actually as well um i didn't realize i needed the 12 inch we don't talk anymore and i do oh, it's amazing and the fact that you know it's not been on cd no, ever it's, before it's ultra rare and that again is what now are nailing once again they are finding yes. tracks that are hard to get and yes, more get, of this, please. Oh, absolutely. You know, I, and we will come to requests for 2023 shortly. But um, that is just knowing your audience. And it goes back to what you said, Mark, about the kind of three-way split now. Actually, these are tracks that people are wanting. I mean, even to get a track like Like an Eagle by Dennis Parker. Oh, listen, that was what I wanted to talk about. Because yeah. to have that mixed up with, with you know, your Boogie Wonderlands and your pop musics and Cliff Richards is, mm. is really great. I mean, you know, Like an Eagle, what a, rec- what a record, what a record. to put on there. I'm and you know, not to I, swear too much, but... A record, <laughs> and, 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 and sterling dedication to put something uh, by Voyage on every time, you know, and to you know, fantastic from east to west, a full length version of that. That was that's that was absolutely three amazing. degrees the runner. Yeah, now listen, I had the three degrees the runner. There, there was a there was a lot going on with the runner. I had I think I had all the formats when I was a little boy. Got them with my paper round money, and the runner twelve inch was white vinyl. But there was also a, obviously there was a seven inch, and there was also an extended version, which I think was on the B side of the seven inch, which was the best version of all. And also the Gibson Brothers Cuba, which isn't on here. We talked about them, didn't we, last time? Mm. They're obviously not clearing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gibson Brothers at the moment, because they did some great extended versions. But I mean, you know, I like I say, didn't come here to criticise. I just think, you know, 12 Inch of Angel Eyes, can't argue with it. 12 Inch of Life in Tokyo, you can't argue with it. The Star Wars, I've I've never owned that before. No, No, me neither. If there's a volume two, Boney M, the full length of Night Flight to Venus into Rasputin, where there's a rare version which is 13 minutes long. Yeah, there is. A, well, well done, Wadey. There is. I've, yeah. I've picked up on that before. Mm-hmm. I also want Scat Brothers, uh, Walk the Night, In the Bush Music, Just Let Me Do My Thing by Sign, Bamalama by La Bella Epoch, and For Your Love by Chili. And hopefully this, the first volume did perfectly well and, um, you know, for a second volume, because that'd be yes, incredible. Please. Yes, please. Yes, please. Yes, please. Yes, please. Please. (laughs) This time last year, we were just celebrating these two yearbooks that came out last year for 83 and 84 and saying, these are a bit good, aren't they? I wonder if they're going to keep doing these into 2022. (laughs) And guess what? Now have not disappointed us. So I'm counting five yearbooks, four yearbook extras, and an eminent extra yearbook for 1985 which gives us 10 yearbooks yeah yeah and it's fair to say they've certainly hit the mark oh yes say michael mulligan's fingers must not exist anymore from typing all of these (laughs) no and actually big shout out to mike because his um his his he's actually and i think we said this last year he's brought back the essence of now and yeah. he does with those sleeve notes and yeah. the single covers. I was reading through the 1985 one 
and he actually talks about feel the quality proper referencing the history and the culture of now which for somebody like me is just brilliant i love yeah. michael i i met him for the first time a few weeks ago and he was talking about like one minute that petrol emotion box that he was doing and then this robbie williams life through a lens anniversary and then also like the yearbooks and i thought god that's a dream job <laughs> so we started off back in march try that again so we started off back in february <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at my notes. We did, didn't we? We did. It was February, yes. February with 1982. The big shout out from everybody was, we're going backwards. And then we worked our way backwards to 79. And we're finishing off the year with 85. Um, where do we begin? What have been the highlights then? Gosh, I don't know why. For years and years and years, I kind of said 1981 is the apex of pop. I've enjoyed nineteen. looking back at 1982, possibly even more so mm. this year of kind of, I mean, in this week alone in history, which is like, um, we're, we're talking on the 15th of November, spoiler fans, um, but you've had like Our House, we've got Beat Surrender, Buffalo Girls, Mirror Man, all coming out and you just grief you know we don't want to sound like old people but i mean all these tunes were just absolutely were incredible <laughs> yeah i was there. i was on a school, James I was on a, I was on a school trip a history school trip to bognor regis butlins got no someone asked me today because i uh bmg are pressing have just pressed our house again you know 40th anniversary seven mm. inch mm. And I said, that reminds me of uh, Bognor Regis. Uh, there was a jukebox. Uh, and after we'd done our lessons, and I could not tell you one thing that we studied, but I remember going down and our house had just come out. It must have been the end of November, 82. And we played, it was all about living on the ceiling, our house and sexual healing. And what a time to be alive. It's just incredible. I remember getting the Blumange album through my sister's Britannia Music Club, as well as um, nonsense. Topic static dancing. If you bought a certain amount of albums, I think you, you'd get a free one, and they gave you the list of mm. options of free. And she'd sit, let me have the say, "Oh, which one do you want?" Mm. And that was where I got uh, non-stop static dancing. In a funny way, it was the yearbook extra uh, for '82 that actually took me back because the the really big hits are all covered on the first volume, you know, as they should be. Yeah. But it's the little things like Cry Boy Cry by Blue Zoo that really take you back because you, you don't hear them all the time. Yeah. Partake Avenue by the Masonettes. Uh, mm. You know, it's those kind of almost like Division 2 pop singles, if you like. Ever So Lonely by Monsoon. I don't mean Division 2 as far as quality goes, but I mean Division 2 as far as their, you yeah. know, their their fame or their reputation. Lifeline by Spandau Ballet. You you really don't hear that very often now. No. It's completely overshadowed by the ones before and the ones that come afterwards. But uh, that was the one I had on 12-inch. So the, the yearbook extra, if anything, was more of a kind of trip back for me than... Yeah the official also as you say i completely agree with you is that the big hits get atomized i mean i'm looking through like disc three in like associates club country which i love to death but if someone's going to say oh this is associates from 40 years ago they'll play party fears too on the mm. radio first yeah. do you know what i mean and these are the ones that are kind of fourth and fifth on the kind of most played if, well, if at, the, at the time i have to say i i played 18 carat love affair the most because mm. that was yeah. my favorite on 12 inch I discovered a new associate song this year. I mean, it's not new. It's about 38 years old, but it was the first time I heard it was this year. Would you believe? I don't know if I could admit that as producer of Sounds of the 80s, but there you go. You know, we can't know everything. We're all Next. on a journey. 
<laughs> it was breakfast by the associates. Yeah. Oh, which I got that for my birthday. Got that for my 18th birthday, actually. 12 inch of that is better than the version on, on perhaps. Um, but isn't it a wonderful song and such amazing Beautiful. lyrics? Since yeah. when did you cook breakfast for Lieutenant Paul in Ruined Mirador? It's like it's an Coleridge or something. Also on the extra is like, you know, I remember at the time loving Shalimar's Friends album. And so obviously A Night to Remember is the first track, but then you've got There It Is and yeah. I Really Feel Good and stuff like that. So it's it's nice that you get a sort of bit more rounded thing. The only thing that I found was missing, but again, this is right, so I'm not like, you know, when I was sorting out some tracks that I would play at Ducky, I was looking for some radio edits of Kid Creole. He wasn't on there, which I was like, oh, my God, he was quite the deal. Yeah. But as you say, what? And it's, 84 it's, tracks on the main one and another 60 on this. Who else is going there? <laughs> it's it's an embarrassment but, of riches. It's the sequencing again, though. Now, yeah. 1982, summer 82, I went to Devon on holiday. We stayed in Paynton. It was a holiday park. And... On CD2 of the 82 yearbook is Shalimar Night to Remember and Inside Out by Odyssey. Now, this means that the compiler of this was in my head in a holiday <laughs> camp in 1982 because those two it's songs. Yeah, those two songs go together. And, you know, and, even, and then we'll just throw in Love Come Down by Evelyn King and get down on it and why. Absolutely incredible. Also, that run on um, disc one from Fat Larry's band Zoom and Heartbreaker by Dion yeah. Warren, that sort of autumn winter sort of soul you know when the yeah, sexual healing of, again there you go state yeah. of independence and stuff like that i mean it's yeah. just perfection it's like sort of twinkly winter soul isn't it yeah. yeah. So carry on with Ian's, uh, you know, that is just, that's pretty amazing. After Inside Out, you go from Love Come Down right the way through to Just an Illusion, and you've got Rocker's Revenge in there, you've got Buffalo Gals in there, you've got Boys Town Gang in there, uh, Sylvester, really, really good. Uh, just looking on CD3 where it's got... Roxy Music Avalon uh, preceded by a foreigner waiting for a girl like you. Yeah. It's kind of that elegant adult futurism where um, only the really very sort of established musicians could afford synthesizers and, you know, mm. we're kind of really starting to use them. And I, I mean, that whole era of Roxy as well, it's just perfect. It's almost like your best mate making a, a tape of their favourite records. Yes. And like Beat Surrender Next to Our House, that's like, oh, that's December 1980. Yeah, it's mm. spot on, spot on, spot on. Really yeah. good. I'm just looking at the Yubrick 81. That's CD1. I mean, it just almost compiles itself. Uh, I wanted to marry it. it. It's just classic unfolding into classic all the way through. And there's no filler. And no. again, also, the 81 yearbook, you, you remember 1981. I mean, yes, we remember the human being, we remember Adam and the ants, and remember Soft Cell and all the amazing stuff. But you look at the charts they were always blighted by like some slightly shit medleys yeah <laughs> he's everywhere and, and so this is the 81 that you remember without kind of having to go down Gidea park or anything you know or terrible exactly. avenues like that like abba medley was there a, almost like a stars star on sound is on there <laughs> yeah <laughs> It's the Stars and 45 Beatles. Now, I'll be honest, that Stars and 45 that's on there with the Beatles, but starts with Sugar Sugar randomly. Yeah, weird. <laughs> that was probably, as a nine-year-old as I was, that was the first time I heard some of those Beatles songs. So mm. 
that that always you know and even later on you know i expected certain beatles songs to turn into other beatles songs when i heard yeah, of course I, I i'm with you i was uh i, I was 14 and i'd never yeah. heard no reply or i should have yeah. known better you know that was the first time i heard those yeah it's i remember funny, we had a uh used to have a roller disco up at my local sports center and that the first time i heard stars on 45 was then and i was just amazed it just sounded i'd not heard this record and what is this and the claps behind it and there were kind of vague melodies of kind of the Beatles things that I vaguely recognised but I mean Drive My Car wasn't a single and all this no. sort of stuff they just kind of ram raided the Beatles catalogue but yeah. of all the kind of real sing-along-y I want to I want to hear from Johnny you must have been way too young to remember 1981 um, I I remember it but I don't remember it in, in massive detail I, it was one of those years that I went back to um, it's funny you should talk about the Beatles though because didn't everyone just learn Beatles songs at school as well because we always yeah, used we to did. think things like Lady Madonna and always giggle at the breast line and things like that when we were kids <laughs> um, that was my introduction to the Beatles I think through through them because my mum and dad weren't listening to them we had the red and blue albums and and the songs i've just mentioned like no reply weren't on that so that was the only beatles i knew so mm. so yes stars i mean you know it's like everything isn't it like it was a good idea for the first couple and then everyone else jumped on the bandwagon yeah. Beach Boys medleys and then everyone and then and then people you know wag started doing it like squeeze did squabs on 45 you know they they did their own b-side version of a stars on 45 which is very funny one of the things the no yearbooks do is they map out those songs that had been forgotten but like actually Vision. that's what made the memories because i'm just looking yeah. again across it you know tracks like star by kiki d yeah. Jump into the extra one when I'm gonna pull up a song I've almost become obsessed with this year is Only Crying by Keith Marshall. Oh my gosh, he was in Hello though, wasn't I, he? And then he Hello I, never made it. I found this out this week. I was digging in yeah. I actually do, you dig into Keith Marshall. He was I, I knew that I knew that I I knew that I was gonna marry my husband my future husband when I went round his house thirty odd years ago. <laughs> And uh, started looking through his records, and he had seven inch of uh, "Only Crying," and I thought he's the one for me. Yeah. <laughs> well, I haven't married him, but when I vetted my fellas for the first date, I kind of vetted the CDs, and there was all of the Lloyd Cole and everything but the girl albums. I thought, there you go. So I can I can cope with this. We'll we'll just kind of ditch the Red Hot Chili Peppers thing. You know, but uh, no, CD2 of 81 as well. You think of something like High Gloss, you'll never know. That only went to about, what, yeah. 31 or something? And like, Yeah, you but know. if you grew up in the... If you grew up where I grew up, I grew up in Surrey, which was the sort of uh, the spiritual home of Ford, Cortina, jazz funk. Oh, yeah, and, no. And uh, my sister, five years older, who used to go up the Tartan House up at Colchester and things like that for all these kind of soul weekend types. Yeah, things. exactly. So, so sort of home counties, my... Home husband who is scottish like like your good selfie and just doesn't get it because you know he oh. was old enough to be going out to discos and, and scottish disco music was fast you know they're like fast music whereas down here i mean this is why you know it's like he he wasn't exposed to easier said than done by shack attack or anything like that when he went out no. in scotland because it was too slow they were playing early high energy you know that's what that's what they listened to in scotland because it was really quick fast you know but that's uh, a good point because this was a learning curve for me later on in life because you know that kind of soul boy sound you're right it just didn't translate north of 
I don't know where, Watford, but you know, really? what, it, it probably was. Got imagination, body talk, high gloss, southern freeze. These tracks didn't translate. We saw them on top of the pops, but they didn't yeah. actually. You know, it just wasn't part of the kind of club culture. He says he was nine at the time, but that continued into the nineties because up north and in Scotland, the dancing was all, oh. was still much faster. I remember that. DJing uh, around about ninety two, ninety three um, across the central belt. I was reminded of it last week watching Top of the Pops 93 and the time frequency we're on and oh they were just the absolute bane of my record box I saw your post about it I saw oh, your tweet it was just because you used to get hounded for these fa- things like that I'm going to say QFX and all these types of yeah. incredibly yeah. fast um, kind of happy hardcore sounds and it, yeah you're right it kind of continued on I, and I don't know what it was people just wanted to dance very quickly because um, <laughs> it's so cold and it was like I'm saying, I'm saying to them but listen this is this is Junior Vasquez get, you know get your hands off my man and they go no 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 we want we want real love by the time frequency yeah, the who family <laughs> it was just yeah it was just so cold you're right to be honest <laughs> 1981, when you look at kind of, you've got imagination, you've got freeze, and then there's haircut 100 and chant number one and ABC, or, you know, this sort of Brit funk kind of explosion that was kind of, you know, I always thought, found it a fascinating thing because you had all like links and modern romance and all these kind of homegrown acts and also people like Central Line and all this Mm, sort of stuff that there were some amazing sort of homegrown funk type tunes out there yeah. again that's big sister pop for me yeah i mean i'm with you the extras i've found really interesting because they have almost kind of taken it to that that other level radio nowadays you can hear sorry johnny close your ears you can hear <laughs> you can hear a lot of the similar tracks from certain artists and that's fine because you know there's a lot of big hits but what now have helped us to do this year is to just dig to that deeper level um, yeah. They've also threw us some complete curveballs. I'm now looking at 80 extra, CD2, track 22, Sweet People, and the birds were singing. Oh, no, I remember it. That's what dad a... pop. That's the kind of moment when my dad would shut up on top of the pops. Oh, I think that might have been a Terry Wogan, you know. I think that might have come from Terry playing it like he'd done with yeah. um, Captain Beaky. Yeah. Yeah, us kids, we were just like... Furious, you know. <laughs> it was ambient house before ambient house. Well, it was, it, you know, it was a bit like Enigma or something, I guess, wasn't yeah. it? But it yeah. made me furious, you know. It was like, oh, no, <laughs> not this. Chart rundown and stuff. And you kind of got the impression that a lot of DJs, like David e. Travis, that's what they'd have preferred to be playing all the time rather yeah. than, you know, the Regent 17 or whatever. You kind of got the impression. <laughs> I, was, like, I was super impressed to get Silver Dream Machine 7-inch. Um, Brilliant song. David Essex, what a great track. Yeah. David Essex from 73 to 82 it was, is untouchable, basically. I got a, a best of, which is pre... Uh, literally, if he'd hung on and with the release of this album by about a month, he would have had a winter's tail on, and it would have been, like, you know, perfect. No, it, even to, you know, when you're looking at an album which has got Sweet People and St. Winifred School Choir, and then you flip over to the next disc, and it's got The Cure, The Forest on, and Gentle Polaroids, and Sky to Carter, it's just so... Broken English by Marianne Faithful wouldn't have been on an album at all, do you know what I mean? I know. But it's superb, superb. I suppose, you know, I'll throw the tagline in for this this little podcast, it's the, it's the democracy of the UK charts. Yeah. It's just yeah. incredible. Um, anyone can get in. Anyone, anyone can get, get in, in there. there. Not now. <laughs> 
I think we should talk about 1985 because I want to hear Johnny's childhood rem- memories because yes. you've actually been a sentient being for 1985, surely, Johnny, right? I was alive, alive, oh, yes. You were alive. No, I mean, <laughs> the thing is, I don't, I don't kind of, you know, obviously, kind of the very early years of the 80s, I don't remember them as intensely as you guys, but it doesn't mean I don't love them. I absolutely adore them. But yeah, 85 was kind of the year that I bought my first smash hits, which was the one with Frankie Goes to Hollywood on the cover, Frankie Mm -hmm. Over Italy. I still have that. It's got like, it had, I think I bought it because it had the Material Girl lyrics in it and I was just getting into Madonna. And you and knew just you were going to grow like, up to be a material girl. I know, right? All the signs yeah, were there. The right girl yet. <laughs> <laughs> still, still haven't. But it, I mean, what a what, what a year! Actually, speaking of Madonna, like what what a year to kind of it kind of made me. It kind of ignited the kind of collector in me. I think, and yeah. I think mm. part of that was because Madonna had like eight hits in 1985 in quick succession one one thing after another so in effect at the end of 85 i had quite a decent madonna collection as it was you know because you know what the only other artist that i can remember doing that was donna summer at the end of 77 into Mm. 78 she just released i think there were two labels gto and casablanca both releasing donna summer singles about every two weeks so you could and i did at that young age i ended up with about eight donna summer singles in less than a year is 85 your favorite year johnny my i think my favorite year is 84 to be fair still and Whisper it, 1990. I can't wait for now to get to 1990, which will yeah. probably be next Christmas. Well, hopefully. yeah. I mean, we've been spoilt for yearbooks this year. If the pattern is to continue, then we could be absolutely in for some crackers next year. I do think what happens is when you get to those years, it's kind of kind of brings it all alive for you again. And it does. And I think 1985, particularly, and 1984 do the same for me to the point where you are kind of looking at it and going quite clearly that should have been on there because you see the gaps in your own kind of yeah library and i always think of hits two and now five when i think of 1985 mm, more than yeah. anything particularly now five we had on cassette me and my brother and we we drove all the way down to spain that year on holes and literally just rinsed that album those four sides just um a view to a kill opens now five and uh myself and my brother obviously drove all the way through france down to spain listening to this album and all the way back in my brother was a huge duran duran fan and i was kind of piggybacking off him really and uh we both decided seeing as we were going to be stopping off in paris on the way home that we would reenact the a view to a kill <laughs> video on the article town obviously we didn't we did it like really badly <laughs> I mean, I was only about 11, I think, or 12. I think I was 12. And uh, just just basically stood around looking moody on the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> and that was, uh, <laughs> that was yeah. a reenactment of the A View to a Kill video. Did you, did you have an accordion at all, no? No, nothing. Nothing. We got completely unprepared. We had a whole journey down, two weeks of holiday, and like that. And when you got there, you didn't know what to do with the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. I think I channeled Nick Rhodes when I finally got on the Eiffel Tower, like my first time properly in Paris. That you, you kind of have all these moments of that video where you, yeah. it's just so yeah. pretentious we... and over the top, but like amazing. What about now, 85 then? With the exception of Madonna, who who doesn't clear, mm. I think I look I look through that track listing and it just feels so 1985 to it's me. Incredibly 1985, oh, yeah. especially yeah, especially the "Don't You Forget About Me." We don't need another hero. Move closer, slave to love sequence. For some reason, between the four of them, that is just what 1985 was like. Disc three's great, isn't it? You know, with the old uh, yeah. cloud busting and uh, she sells sanctuary and jewel and stuff. That's a brilliant uh, disc. This was my first big pop year it was my first smash hits year as well when i look at this yearbook it's all about those compilation albums because 1985 was was a was was a wash with compilation albums there was there was now five there was now six there was hits two there was hits three there was the out now and out now two out now. As, <laughs> as, as um i think was it chrysalis and mca as well MCA, yeah, yeah. you know so i mean i just looked down this track list and it's it is just a wash with brilliant pop visual memories and you know of all of those albums yes but no a view to a kill but no, but no view to a kill yeah all oh, slave to the rhythm no but we've got election day which kind of rolls yeah. all of those tracks into one yes <laughs> you've got a bit of grace jones you've got a bit of uh Gerard, I love it. It, yeah so it kind of works but again you know i mean it's got you know banana armor do not disturb which i thought i was the only person who actually bought I've got like a shaped picture disc of the Sarah version because she was my favourite. And I mean, I don't think I'd heard it for centuries until I heard it again on this. Yeah. I used to love the Animotion uh, Obsession. Mm. Uh, oh, yeah, the Smiths, How Soon Is Now is on here as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Which is kind of good because it never made it onto a reel now, did it? No. Um, no. I know no. they did their What Difference, but I don't think they did... Uh, which was on now two, I think it was. But I don't... yeah, I, don't, I think that was a very brief, fleeting visit for the Smiths on on, on now two, wasn't it? And I, I think it was now two, and then Morrissey appeared on now eleven. Came back for Sladehead on uh, now eleven, which is as you know, there's a good podcast about that one. There is a great um, one. I can recommend very that. Good one. Now we went back to seventy nine. Are we going to go further back? Well, you know, you know me. Johnny wants to pull us forward to the nineties. I'd like to continue to pull us back to nineteen seventy. I, I guess I'd like them to finish off the eighties, you mm. know, because of OCD and collecting the set and everything. But uh, you know, I'd be happy either way. I, Johnny, I'm also a massive fan of nineteen ninety. So I really hope they get there soon. Such an underrated year and ninety one as well. I love. Yes, I'm a big yes. ninety fan because again, it was sort of like one of those. Just everything seemed to kind of go, Ooh, and like, you know, seeing the anniversaries of things like uh, Stone Roses, Falls Gold, and mm. Happy Mondays, and stuff like that, and 808 State Pacific, and just, you felt like there was all these amazing singles coming out, Baggy, and all the kind mm. of dance, we've found a dance element, but then you had things like Loaded, uh, My Bloody Valentine Soon, mm. St Etienne Turn Up, and all this sort of stuff. There were so, such fantastic singles that year. It was a lot more fun than Britpop, I think, that period. Mm. Of, yeah, of in- I would say. There was a great naivety and kind of opportunity about 1990. There was, was also fun. that Wild West thing of kind of, again, mm. like uh, Betty Boo was kind of like Rhythm King had kind of been probably caught off guard by... Uh, S Express becoming huge, and so they thought, mm. right, well, the Beatmasters, Betty Boo, all these sort of people, they kind of got into the pop thing, you know. There's some amazing singles from that period. Oh, this and Ice Blink Luck and Groove is in the Heart, and, you know, yeah. it was just a wonderful, optimistic... 
Yeah, I just I just sort of felt, you know, the melting pot of it, obviously, B-52's... Um, it's an 80s song, a 90s song. Um, well, shot. Yes, yes <laughs> Wade, it's 80s, isn't it? I remember, actually. <laughs> I, I, don't need to, I don't need to hear Love Shack ever again, but I, I'm a big fan of Rome. Uh, and Fascinating uh, Rhythm by Bass Matic. Oh, my God, what a brilliant uh, record. Actually, uh, we're just actually listing the whole of the of the yearbook 1990 here, aren't we? But, well, yes, the twist uh, turning up. I mean, yeah, no. it's just like you could make a band with just ideas and vision and that was fantastic you know oh, that's going to be fabulous yeah we're, that's in our prayers then isn't it that we, we get a good a good run uh, maybe of, they could alternate do a 70s and 80s and a 90 and then kind actually, of like actually, didn't mr mulligan choose it now from 1990 he did he did and uh he did now 17 oh it was great because we got talking about deep heat albums and we got yeah, talking yeah. about just that whole kind of dance culture and the world cup going on and oh it was it great was, michael was great you know when top of the pops were doing that you know the repeats were doing that year and the year before sort of 88 to 91 really what struck me was you know from like dirty cash you know and everything Everybody was off their bloody rocker. Everyone was dancing so manically. You know, within five years, all that's kind of stopped. Everyone is really, really going for it, whether they're dancing behind Dimples D for Sucker DJ or whether they're on stage with uh, the guru, you know, like Guru Josh or whatever. Everyone's just on one. And I just thought, I'm so glad I was young when that was all going on because it was just really, really positive. It's yeah. kind of weird as well because 1990, aside from all the brilliant stuff, even kind of Mariah Carey and Michael Bolton kind of threw you, and not mm. rock set and things like that, occasionally throw me back. It's, I don't know. It's got, and you've got like Step On, haven't you? That was 1990, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Yeah. And you've got like Julie Cruz falling, you know, what, what a Chris great Isaac thing. and, mm. you know, the yeah, fact Chris that you know, Wicked Game, a single and... from a TV show you don't really get that so much now. I mean, yes, back then, uh, Chai Mai and all this sort of stuff back in the day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and um, Legs and Co. having to just have. basically walk around. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, and, and I think you're right. There was something about, like, EMF's indiness that was a lot more positive and fun than what we got five or six years later at the height of Britpop when everyone was being too cool for school. Yeah, you know, we're, we're big Blur fans and the real Britpop was kind of like the 92 to 94 thing and then oh, everything yeah. kind of was mm. like, Whoa. but, you know, with the early Suede and St Etienne and um, Pulp, Modern Life is Rubbish and Pulp, when everything was still a bit grimy and wood chippy Waters, and yes. houses and all this sort of stuff and then yeah. it, it all became a bit Parker and terrace and all this sort of stuff so no pressure now but we'd like to we'd like you to get as far as 1990 next year please yeah please when bob stanley was doing those sainsbury's compilations i thought oh he should do something of kind of the ooze pop of like rachel stevens and girls like a xenomania type Mm -hmm. you just nicked my you completely nicked my idea (laughs) oh i'm sorry (laughs) no 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 honestly it's good it's great minds my sister said didn't she you were separated at birth (laughs) my brother I would, I would love a two thousands pop yeah. again, you know, to revisit that with some good sleeve notes. Girls Aloud, Sugar Babes, Rachel mm. Stevens, Khalees. You know what a brilliant time it's now. Mm. I don't know if you're finding it, Johnny, but I'm finding I get asked for two thousands so much now when we're DJing. It's like become nostalgia for people mm. again. It is, isn't it? I mean, it's yeah. it's a it's every, everyone who is going clubbing regularly. That's their childhood. Yeah, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> 
Hello and a very Merry Christmas from me, Jude Rogers. Um, I was very privileged and honoured to be a guest on the podcast that has probably kept me sane in the last year more than any other podcast. So I'm delighted to be sending a festive message to you today. Um, I'm doing this by recommending a few Christmas songs. Um, I am somebody who makes my own now compilation of Christmas songs every year and I absolutely love it. I DJ in places um, outside my house as well as in my kitchen to my long-suffering husband and child. Um, But some Christmas songs to recommend to you this year or things to put on your playlist. Christmas Passing Through by The Roaches amazing i found that on a streaming service fantastic christmas greetings by lord kitchener always makes me smile an old favorite of mine christmas time is here again by the flirtations absolutely brilliant 60s music and i've got quite keen on christmas wrapping the version with kylie and iggy pop but that might just be because i'm getting a bit old and little drummer boy by sparks is my current obsession anyway play those and lots of others i'll be posting christmas music online Have a very Merry Christmas. Ian, what's been your favourite Back to Now episodes this year? Miles was brilliant. Um, Yeah. I really love Neil Cole Carney, especially him banging on about Stretch and Vern, which, yes. Um, And I knew that he was going to be quite interesting because, again, he was kind of very anti a lot of the music of that time. But when you get him talking about pop, he's... It's just wonderful. Jude's was lovely. I really like that. And Andrew Harrison's as well. But I, again, I've liked them all. Oh, yes. My favourite back to now as well. You know, I've, I've kind of got to be diplomatic here because you've had you've had literally four of my favourite people on. And I think they were on more or less in a row. I mean, actual friends that I hang out with in real life. You had Polly... You had Andrew Harrison, Polly Burkback, you had Andrew Harrison, and you had Jude, you know, the uh, amazing Jude Rogers. So I couldn't really choose. So if I'm not going to choose a friend, it would be one of the Neils. So I've known McMurray's uh, this year and Neil Kulkarni's this year, mainly because of the album that they chose. It was great, you know, getting into the mid-90s with someone who was a melody maker journalist, had a very, very different view on now for... For, for back to now, you know, um, yeah. and we're not used to we're not used to hearing so much about that. So, us us people that live in the seventies and eighties, it was it was really really interesting. Uh, Johnny, this is the awkward bit where Neil Kalkani gets a vote from me as well. Yeah. I just like the way he kind of eviscerated the indie press <laughs> and kind of said they were really really horrid and dreadful and and almost fascist in their reporting and. I just found that absolutely, like I was just intrigued by the whole by that whole kind of dissection of it because obviously you, you know I I certainly hadn't heard that side of things before and it was really interesting. It was like no, we'll keep it going, we'll keep it going, we'll keep it going until there's nothing left. Yeah. And um, I I just found found that really really interesting as a as as a kind of you know him him looking back on that time. So. So for that, I would say Neil Kokani, now 35, is my pick of the year. Everyone else has said the same. There'll be like a, an up, we'll see an upsurge in now 35 following the broadcast of this podcast.
Ian, Johnny and Mark, thank you so much. Um, for uh, It is becoming a bit of a tradition now. It is the end of year roundup for now. Uh, it, is, it is an honour to be part of, and um, I, I thoroughly enjoy it because it's sort of... You never thought you would kind of in your future be like when you're looking through an hour and thinking, in 30-plus years' time, you'll be talking about the wonder of these compilations with uh, three other friends and um, just having a really good time, you know, it's sort of... But yes, it, I thoroughly enjoy it. It's, it's a lot of fun. I would just like to wish everybody a very happy Christmas and a very happy New Year. And uh, thank you now for another quite stunning year. Like at times it's felt like, am I going to literally spend my whole life playing now? That's why I call music albums because there have been so many coming our way. But uh, yeah, really a, a great year and a really good job. Let's look forward to now not. 1990 and now 1970 <laughs> going up into the future. <laughs> now Lieutenant Pigeon. <laughs> now, now, left, now that's what I call left. Now that's why I call spooky instrumental. <laughs> Well, we can certainly mention Christmas because um, there is certainly a perennial episode of Back to Now, which is, um, are you aware of this one at all? Well, (laughs) (laughs) it's it's like, it's funny that like the week after Halloween, basically Wham and Mariah are back in the top 100 already. Oh, wow. It it just seems like it gets quicker and quicker each year. Um, Yes, I think the now Christmas this new now Christmas, the 2022 edition, is kind of almost in spirit with the first one, but mm. also uh, keeps in, you know, the fact that it's got like it's the first time the 12 inch of Do They Know It's Christmas has been on mm. a CD, you know, and all this sort of stuff. There's this little attention to details of these sort of soundtrack to your life that you kind of think. Oh, well, I remember that. And then it's only when you kind of hear all the messages from like Holly and Paul McCartney and Dave Bowie in the middle of it and all that sort of stuff that you just think, oh, my God, yes, we all bought this record, you know, almost to think like we're doing good and all our favourite bands are on it and all this sort of stuff. And you, But nobody really ever played the 12-inch, I don't think, much again, no. you know, because it's not particularly a, a dance rave-up or anything. It was just more a case of earning more money for the charity. So. Yeah. So hearing things like that is amazing, and I just love the attention to detail. And also, you know, the fact that Ed Sheeran and Elton John track and things like that, all the recent sort of couple of years stuff, are in the canon already, and it's brilliant. And also, you can never go wrong with uh, St. Etienne, I Was Born on Christmas Day. Mm. Um, it's just spot on. Again, I think, I don't know if I said this last year, but it, it now Christmas is now like the most contemporary album come Christmas week because all those songs are in the chart. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. Um, Johnny? Well, I was going to say, I mean, I think what what Ian, uh, Ian with an I, was trying to do there was plug your Now Christmas episode. Yeah, oh, my Now Christmas yeah. episode. Well. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, which, which, again, is, is, is one that comes around year after year. And surely, eventually, at the very end of time, it will be the most listened to podcast of all time as a result. Yeah. Anyway, it's well worth a listen. (laughs) It's well worth a listen. It's well worth a listen. Don't ever give this man an award. He'll never stop. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. And, And I suppose as we draw 2022 to an end and we draw this episode to an end, it's always nice to finish on that because yeah it is it is christmas time and and now is a big part of christmas 
It invented Christmas music, as I say. Yes, <laughs> indeed. And there's the trailer for the episode, folks, if you haven't heard it. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. And uh, not just a Merry Christmas, but let's look forward to another year, hopefully, of wonderful now releases in 2023. Yes, yes can't wait. Merry Christmas. Season's Merry, greetings. Merry Christmas, everyone. I think it's just started to snow again, guys. I think once again, this is where the perennial Christmas jingle comes in as well. I can hear it now. Oh, the holidays are coming. Holidays are coming. <laughs> <laughs> Smells like Christmas. So we close another fabulous year of Back to Now podcasts. Thanks to Johnny, Ian and Mark for their festive episode. To all of this year's wonderful guests, Lee Thompson, Grant McPhee, Jude Rogers, Zoe Howe, Neil Kokarmi, Andrew Harrison, Polly Burtbeck, Lucy Bright, Niall McMurray and Will Harris, thank you. To all the team at Now That's What I Call Music for keeping the pop dream alive. And lastly, to all of you for supporting Back to Now and sharing our pop passions. Until the next time, this is Ian saying take care and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.